Let us continue in prayer. We pray for our young people as they go to learn about your word with each other in a different place, and we know that your spirit is here with us. Speak to us through these ancient stories. Give us a new word for this day, for our lives, for this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we're in Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. A lot of scholars call this the parable of all parables. It's in all three, Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, gospel. It's in the gospel of Thomas, which was a gospel discovered like in the 1940s. So like it was really, this is a, this is a big one. Um, in, in Matthew's gospel, we're going to read it. It's part of what's called um, the parable discourse. And we'll see that Jesus, um, and, and it's also contained in uh, the conflict discourse, right? Because this is the, the early church. They, are, um, they, are, they have had this amazing experience with Jesus, the Christ, and they are not sure how, not only how to make sense of that, but how to make sense that the fact that like everybody isn't loving this as much as they are. So there, there's conflict. And Jesus uh, is in a home with, um, in, at the very end of chapter 12. I encourage you to, by the way, read the Gospel of Matthew this week. Um, or at least a few chapters, right? So at the end of 12, uh, Jesus is in a house. Um, and uh, he is teaching. And um, some of the people say, hey, your mother and your brother are outside. And Jesus says, oh, my mother and brother and sister is anybody who does the will of God. And then he goes out of the house and then begins this big, long discourse of a bunch of parables that are addressing a people who are in conflict. So here we go. That same day, the day he was in the house teaching and telling people that his mother and brother are everybody who does the will of God, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake, and such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore, and then he told them many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Now, this isn't in your bulletin, but I'm going to put this passage, this parable, in conversation with a passage from Galatians, where it just a, a, Paul is writing to a group of people also in conflict, a little bit of a different kind. He's, he's worried that they have been bewitched that they have been, that they are turning away, they are going towards a, what he calls a perverted gospel, not the gospel of grace, 
And he talks a lot about, and this is a whole nother thing, but I couldn't resist putting this in here. But, but let's just say, the, you know, he's talking about sowing. He uses this same imagery of sowing, but he says some, some people, you know, uh, sow to the flesh. And incidentally, in Paul, that is not just like your good, normal human longings. That's just part of being human, right? The flesh in Paul can either be rigid religiosity, I'm going to do this in my own ego and strength, or unbridled meeting of your own needs, unbridled greed and insatiable getting. That's flesh. It's not just like your normal good human drives and longings. Those are good, and they come from a good God who created us. Okay, so that's a way off subject. So Paul is concerned that these people are sowing to the flesh. They're, they've found, they're, they're, uh, they're following a gospel that is all about rigid rules that they can do in their flesh. Now people are worried because if you say you don't have to follow those rules, what's going to happen? Isn't everybody just going to go to the flesh in the other way and do whatever they want? Paul says, do not be deceived. This is Galatians 6, 7 through 10. God is not mocked. For you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, either rigid religiosity, I can't get that out, or unbridled self-indulgence, you will reap corruption from the flesh. Your relationships, your life, it'll all... But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. You will reap the eternal, the ongoing, not, not later, but right now, this ongoing life of God. If you, you, that's what you will reap from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing good, in doing what is right, for we will reap harvest at, we will reap a harvest at time, at the time, if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, whenever we have an opportunity, Let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. Okay, so we're going to put those two passages in context with each other, and I want to start out talking about this phrase in the beginning, Jesus goes out of the house. Now, in the history of interpretation, people have seen this as the the imagery of Jesus We say at Kairos, we want to follow Jesus. Jesus goes out of the house. If we're going to follow Jesus, we don't follow Jesus by coming here. We do. We come here to worship. But we follow Jesus out there. That's where the call is. I, I, I try to get people not to say, I'm going to church or I'm coming to church this morning. No, you're coming to worship. You leave to be the church. You leave to follow Jesus into the world. Jesus goes out. He doesn't just sit around with the people who think like him, who adore him, who believe certain things about him. Jesus goes out. And in the very same phrase then, it says he tells a story about a sower who goes out. Now, this is really, really important because I think, particularly post-COVID, we in the church can get really confused about what our mission is. I have a good friend who's a church consultant, and she's working with a lot of really struggling congregations right now. 
And she says, Pam, I get together with them. We do these exercises about, you know, trying to get underneath. What do you think your purpose is? What do you see as your purpose? She said, almost all of them, all they can think, they can't think beyond. Our purpose is to save our church. That is not the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church is to follow Jesus out into the world. So Jesus tells this story. Behold, he says, in, in, in uh, our chapter it says look, uh, but it's in King James says behold, it's a great word. It's like listen, perceive, imagine this. And parables always start with a familiar image that hooks you in, and then it takes a turn. So he says, imagine this. Behold, a sower went out. See, he just went out. A sower went out. Now, not many of us probably know sowers. We don't know farmers who are sowing seed by hand, right? So let's just, let's just put this in our context if we can. That's what Jesus was doing. He was talking to people who probably almost all of them probably knew somebody who was a farmer who sowed their seeds. Let's put it this way. Jesus might say today, an investor went out. An investor went out. And you're thinking, oh, I know some investors. Okay, I can see that. An investor goes out to invest his money and some money falls. Money falls? What a, what a terrible investor. He should be more careful. Some money fell and some children played with it and had a, got a lot of joy out of it for a minute. But then they lost it because they didn't know its value. He let the money fall to those children? Some seed fell along the ground, but it sprung up for a minute and then it went away. An investor went out to invest and money fell. That's what this story would be like for these. A sower went, why wasn't the sower more careful with those valuable seeds? Some of it will fall on ground where it will multiply. Some of it will be invested where it will grow. But some of it will just throw out there and we don't know what will happen to it. To me, that is the turn in this parable that is so disturbing. The extravagant, maybe even careless, maybe even reckless generosity of the sower. This is the good news. Jesus goes out into the world and, by the way, calls us to follow him and to be generously, extravagantly, carelessly, loving, gracious, open. What a calling! And this isn't new, by the way, with Jesus. God blessed all of creation with good gifts, even though we didn't deserve it. 
We did nothing to earn it. God calls Abraham and says, go to bless all nations, all peoples. So which people was Abraham and Sarah supposed to bless? Yeah, every single one. Nobody's left out. You see, this to me is the good news, that God does not calculate and measure which ground is good, which, who deserves this, where might it grow. God is just out there throwing love and forgiveness and grace and goodness and beauty and mercy everywhere, and that is our calling. Because you see, in Matthew's gospel, at the end of the day, it's not about a group of people who have decided that they give intellectual assent to a certain list of beliefs. It is about a group of people to whom Jesus can say, I was hungry and you fed me. I was in prison and you visited me. I was naked and you had the dignity to clothe me. I was sick and you healed me. That's it. Oh, but we didn't know it was you. Yeah, you know why? Because you were just sowing seeds everywhere. And that's the call. I was hungry. But I couldn't pay you back. And you said, so what? And bought me dinner anyway. I was thirsty for water and meaning, but I was not part of your group. And you said, so what? Come on in. Find meaning with us anyway. I was an outcast, naked, longing for some dignity. A stranger, frightened and vulnerable. But I wasn't born in your country, and you said, so what? You deserve dignity and clothing anyway. I was in prison behind steel bars, or maybe just behind bars of fear. And you were afraid of me. But you said, so what? And reached out anyway. Not long ago, I got a letter from a friend who was planning her wedding. And imagine this, there was some family conflict. Uh, several years before that, she had a brother uh, who had died. Um, he was gay, and there were people in the family who disapproved of him, who treated him as an outcast, and one particular cousin who did not even come to his funeral. And so her family did not feel that that cousin should be invited to the wedding. She wrote me, the subject was, help a dilemma. But her email was so beautiful because the gist of it was, I say, so what? 
I'm going to love and include this person anyway. I, I don't like what they did to my brother. I don't like what they did to my family. But so what? Why would I not include them? That's the impulse that the parable teaches us. So what? So how does this relate to Paul's assertion of reaping what you sow? Because that can sound like a works righteousness or a quid pro quo, you know, you sow this, you'll reap that, promise, it'll be an exact equation. But I don't think that's what Paul is saying. I think, like the parable, you sow some things, some of it will grow, some of it won't. But here's what I know. If a sower goes out and sows seeds of tomatoes, there's no possible way they're going to harvest green beans. What does grow will be tomatoes. And that is what I think Paul is saying. Just keep doing good to everybody because if you sow love, not all of it will grow up. You won't get an exact you know, proportion, you give this, get that. It's not going to be like that. But I guarantee you this, if you sow love, you will reap love. If you sow anxiety and hatred and judgment, that is what you will reap. That's the good news. Sow love. Sow it generously. Sow it endlessly. Sow it carelessly. Mother Teresa, it is reported, uh, there's various ideas about whether or not this is true, but it's a good poem anyway, that this poem called The Paradoxical Commandments was hanging on the wall <clears throat> in her children's home in Calcutta. I've edited it a little bit. People are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. So what? Forgive them anyway. If you're kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. So what? Sow seeds of kindness anyway. If you're honest and true, people may cheat you. So what? Be honest and true anyway. What you spend years building, someone might destroy overnight. So what? Build it anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. So what? Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have and it may never be enough. So what? Give the world the best you have anyway. Sow good seeds. Jesus went out. A sower went out. And so should we. Amen.